0: Pilly found some space, took the mark, loaded up, oh, the box strikes early! Garcia, marks, plays on, can he finish? Of course he can! Bailey Smith, the dogs have got all the flow, this will bring
1: the house down, and Bailey Smith nails it! And lets the crowd, know.
0: Balls to English on the run. The Ruckman, a long ball, a glorious ball! Slid the handball in, from all straight and straighten on onto his right. He's got time, he's got space, and he's kicked the beauty. Now Jamari Ughulhagen kicks it long. It's got a got and of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's five for the night, and the dogs
1: are home. Welcome to the Salty Gula, the podcast that had one wish going into this weekend. And that wish was that we didn't have to record an episode after round one and have it be an Inquest episode. Unfortunately, here we are. My name is Matthew Donald, your regular host of The Salty Bulldog. I'm joined by my regular co-host, Nick Galea. Nick, welcome.
0: Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone out there. Of course, welcome back to, what are we now? This is the fourth episode, is it? Fourth or fifth? Um, I don't even know anymore. i am already lost track.
1: Season five, episode four.
0: That sounds about right. That'll do. And, uh... Yes, I think we've had a more promising start at the Salty Bulldog than the Western Bulldogs uh, season campaign this year at the moment. Uh, A bit disappointing, of course, on the Saturday night, but it was fantastic to be able to go back to the footy and to uh, see you in the flesh and a couple of other friends as well.
1: It was. I'm glad you've kicked off the episode in a a positive light. I think we needed a a bit of positivity because I've spent all weekend trying to figure out where we're actually going to start with this episode. And I don't want to jump to big. I don't want to go big with the overreactions because it is only round one.
0: Mm. But I thought the public transport worked pretty well. Getting per- towards uh, that went that went pretty smooth, I reckon, on that end.
1: Well, I mean, maybe from from your end, I, I thought the performance was that poor that it's hard not to get carried away. Like it, it wasn't. It wasn't. And I've, you've mentioned it to me a, a bit before the episode. It wasn't like last year where we lost, but you know, we and we were at times we weren't great, but at times we we were. And you could sort of see it sort of come together a little bit. But there was just one patch in the second term where we looked good. The other to that, we looked awful. Question. Did it seem inevitable the
0: way that the, well, not collapse occurred, but how we fell away once there was a bit of pressure rolled through in comparison to, say, last year? Because it seemed like last year in round one, and this sounds a bit basic to say this, but last year, year's round one performance did seem like we were playing as the runner-up against a premiership team whereas this time around we look genuinely like a team that's just hovering around the midway point of the top eight against a side that's going to arguably finish top four and probably top two now i'm not saying that that excuses any because that is a dreadful performance regardless considering the personnel that was absent from the D's, but my god there's a clear chasm between us and i think we're I haven't sort of alluded to you before, briefly, uh, before the start of the episode. Do you reckon we've got the... Do you think we're absolutely terrified of them? In terms of, like, we're not scarred to the extent that, you know, Port Adelaide against Geelong, in that sense. But do you reckon there is some actual, genuine, to an extent, trauma when we come up against the Dees?
1: I I think so. I I do. I think, though, it's just a, a bad side we've got at the moment. I think that's a part of it as well. I don't think Mel- it was because we were playing Melbourne was the reason that we fell away the way we did. I think you you put Brisbane in there, Geelong, Sydney, Collingwood, I, I don't think it really mattered who the opposition was. I think the outcome would have been the same. But let's get the let's get the raw numbers out of the way first because we do that after every game. So 17 13 115 to 9 11 65, 50 point loss in the opening day of the season. No multiple goal kickers which is a bit of a concern. Bontempelli, Eugel, Hagen, Bailey, Williams, Norton, Johannes, Baker, Trelaw, McRae, and Liberatore all getting on the score sheet. All kicked one goal each. McRae led the way with 33 disposals. Liberatore and Trelaw had 32. Daniel, 29. Richardson, Bailey, Smith, 27. Bontempelli 25. English, 24. I did want to mention this as well, because this is something we've spoken a bit about ahead of round one. During the practice match at Ballarat, Jason Bennett was doing the call, and he said he'd spoken to a few Bulldogs officials. And and what he'd been told was that the Dogs had spent about 80% of the pre-season focusing on two things, just two things. Forward movement, so actually getting the ball into the forward line, and stopping the opposition transitioning the ball from their defensive 50, so our forward line, to to their forward line. So getting the ball in the back line and going all the way out the other end of the ground without the opposition touching it. Melbourne kicked with 17 goals, 13 for the night. Uh 12 goals, six of those, came from them winning the ball back in our back line. So they kicked 12 goals from defensive 50 transition. The, the, the One of the two things that we've spent 80% of the summer focusing on. So they've already kicked nearly three quarters of their goals from our, from our own forward line. And in terms of the forward half movement, we had a kicking efficiency in the forward half of 49%. So not even one out of every two kicks in the forward half is hitting the target. And got a couple more here too, Mac, for and you three, just three three quarters and three quarters of their goals started with them winning the ball back in our forward line. Indeed. So if that's if that if that's the end result of eighty percent of our preseason efforts, I'm frightened by how bad this could go mm. this year.
0: That's very, very well-documented case right there, Matt, of, of course. So you mentioned 12-6, uh, 78 for the Ds from defensive half chains. Yeah. Okay, we scored 3-4, 22. Now, if you want to break it down even further, Melbourne only scored four of those goals from the defensive half outside of our uh, outside of their 50. So if it's just going by defensive 50 chains, okay, purely within the within the arc... They scored eight goals two. that is very very poor to say the least where a team is able to go literally end to end in that fashion okay at least the defensive half of the ground it's still within that you know mid defensive zone where you might get caught at the back and it's still poor nonetheless but to have it happen on eight occasions going from you know defensive 50 or now you know in our particular forward 50 definitely right through, it was like, you know, how would I say? It seemed like an ice cube in the Sahara Desert would have put up more resistance than, than us at the moment covering that territory in the middle.
1: I was, yeah. I mean, I we, we knew it was an issue last year. I mean, I was, I was thinking about it as well. I've been doing a lot of thinking ahead of this episode. We could take any one of the episodes that we did after a loss last year and just replay it today. Because it's the exact same problems that we've seen throughout all of last year. All of them. I mean, we saw the Rucks dominate. We saw the defensive 50 to fifty transition result in a glut of goals for the opposition. We saw the opposition's key forward kick a bag of goals. We saw us unable to hit targets in the forward line, unable to convert our opportunities and see and see the opposition can course really easy goals at the back like it gets frustrating when it's the same thing every single week if we're finding new ways to, to lose I think that's okay because it means you're sort of fixing the, the problems that are, that are holding you back and you you continue and there, and there's signs of improvement but there is no improvement hmm. just he, to show you the ease Matt actually just to
0: put a bit more because you were saying and we were discussing how simple it was. And you're alluding to, you know, out the back, weren't you before?
1: Yeah, I mean, there were, I could, I reckon there were half a dozen goals that they kicked, with any player, you know, any Melbourne forward getting goal side of their opponent and just running into an open goal. I know you've got some some numbers on. on we, that do, we do, we do.
0: Or even just in general, we've got the scores where the goals were kicked from. Four goals, one for Melbourne, within zero to or within the goal line to fifteen meters out to our one straight. Okay, so it's a four goals to one advantage. And I don't think any of their goals, or at least in terms of him within 30 meters, they also kicked five goals to, to ours two three. So that's nine goals. That's 57 points to 21 in our our second, of course, within 30 meters from goal. And I'd like to think a lot of those ones that they got were literally from our players sitting up way too high across the ground again. Did you? Of course, you noticed it on Saturday night too. What on earth was Alex Keith being the particular opponent for? Casiah Pickett at one stage in the contest.
1: No, no idea. No idea. I know. I That's know. We, f- we've spoken about we've spoken about the list, and we say there's sort of one thing that they don't have a great deal of depth in. It's that lockdown, small to mid-sized defender oh. type. Taylor Duray was playing, of course. I don't know who he was on. I don't know why mm. they had Keith on Pickett at any stage.
0: And mm. whether that was even, not saying that he was the direct opponent per se, but the point is that well, why is he the only, you know, dogs defender in the vicinity?
1: And why is he not on Pickett? Like you could say he was he was the closest man to it, but he wasn't on Pickett. I mean, how many times did Pickett find space on his own inside 50?
0: A lot. A lot of the time, none of them, not many of them, came from marks, weren't they? He took four marks inside
1: fifty. He took he and Brown, I think, took four marks inside fifty each. That's eight. The dogs as a team took seven.
0: Mm. But the funny thing is, I don't think any of those marks that Pickett took were probably more lead up in that sense. They were more coming out the back, yeah, running into space more so than leading into space. So. Just getting caught out once well, again. Well, that, that's um, lose,
1: that's that's them losing their opponent.
0: You mentioned last year the, or well, for you last season, you were always uh, brought up and were pretty heavy on the red time goals, weren't you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so well, uh, they were not,
0: dreadful, weren't they?
1: So there's a difference between red time, which is what you alluded to. So red time is anything kicked after the 20 minute mark of the quarter, because that can be eight minutes, ten minutes, twelve minutes, thirteen minutes. So I just go for the last three minutes of the quarter. Mm. So from it so scores
0: in time on, for instance.
1: Well, no, now again, because that's that's different. Because mm. time on is still from twenty plus. So I go the Indeed last. It so, is. That, so the last three minutes of the quarter could be from minute twenty-five to twenty-eight. It could be from minute twenty-eight to thirty-one. So we can see the goals in the last three minutes of three of the four quarters. I think it was Which the second quarter was the the only one where we didn't concede a goal in the last three minutes. Mm. And even that didn't and even happen there, a lot twenty twenty-one either. No, well, it happened. It happened a bit. It happened, not, it happened a not bit. Not drastically. No. Not drastically. But it. But, and and even in the second quarter, we still conceded, what, five goals six. in the space of. Six goals in the space oh, we, of 10 minutes. Yeah, here we go. Yeah,
0: we conceded six goals in that quarter. And you know the funny thing was? We conceded five goals from 17 possessions in the. Let me double check. Uh, give me a second. Where is it from? In 10 minutes. Literally, so we did they obviously copped six goals, but we copped five of those goals in a nine minute block for 17 touches How can a team accrue 17 possessions across a 10 minute span and Still kick five goals yeah. And a lot of those to be fair did come from the center square, but that again begs another question for instance in that sense Disappointing seriously very much the same it's like it was like a repeat it was pretty much an encore of a particular terrifying moment.
1: well I I mean like I've said to you a few times already it just felt like a repeat of so many games that we lost last year. it doesn't feel like we've we've improved and I want to ask you I want to ask you the question actually how many players do you think have improved since the start of last year? because I could because I could only think of one maybe maybe two. Unless I'm forgetting someone. I can't think of many players that have actually improved.
0: Uh, I want you to define improve, because you and I, not that we don't have, not that you and I have different definitions of improve, but are we talking, for instance, you know, they're playing... Who
1: is a better player now? More often be- who is a Who's better, a better player, player now than what now they, were, than what they were, uh, were round one last year?
0: Okay. Look, I will say this, because you and I, again, have similar opinions in this sense. We will both agree that English has improved from round one last year to where it is now. But for us, you and I, I don't think that that's still enough. Not talking, you know, ball winning and whatnot, but you and I still very much um, feel that there's still a lot left to be desired when it comes to centre square bounces and, you know, stoppages across the ground in in ruck contests, isn't there? In terms of players that have genuinely improved, I don't know, it seems like if you were to judge the 44 players across the list, and this is, you know, factoring, of course, you know, new players that have come into the club this year and players that unfortunately were delisted and departed last year. You can probably maybe say what five players would have definitely improved. At least 20 of them might have stagnated and a further 20 odd would have, um, you know, dropped off drastically.
1: Who are the the five then? Do you have five names?
0: Well, one of them that's no longer with us. That's Dunkley because he definitely did improve last year. But obviously we're talking from round one last year to now. Yeah. Um, who else has probably improved?
1: See, I can only think of two, and Tim English wasn't one of them.
0: No, he's improved in different manners, but yeah, not the I, way that you and I would like to catch. I, I
1: think, because... I think, the, I think the way that you've you've explained it has, has swayed me over a little bit. I think yes, he's 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 definitely improved, but there's still it's still not to a standard that I, I think is good enough.
0: No, the not only, to what we're hoping to see, anyways. The
1: only two players who are, who I who I think. And I can I can say hand on heart I think are better now than what they were this time last year. Uh, Ed Richards, yeah, um, I'll back back that. And Ryan Gardner,
0: I'll back that too.
1: I can't I can't, I can't can think of anyone else who I can sort of say yeah oh, well I would take their twenty twenty three version now than their twenty twenty one version for instance. Mm. I'm
0: trying to genuinely ponder this question. You've got me. You've got me thinking. It's a very good question. Here we go. I have got one. I have got another player. Um. Or in comparison to where they started off last year, to where they are now, or at least where the expectations are. Because tomorrow he's definitely to, be up there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're still yet to categorically see it, though. We're still Correct. waiting for that. We're still waiting for that. That evidence, I suppose. I think we we can see that it, there's there's definitely potential for him to be a better player, but yeah. I don't think having good games makes you a A better player, if that makes sense, because anyone can have a good, reliable
0: in this sense. Yeah, a little bit Uh, more
1: reliable. Because I remember having this comp. uh, Either we had this conversation, or it was part of the general discussion in 2018. How many players had actually improved since the grand final? And again, there weren't many there either. Another question. I've got
0: one more player though. I do have one more player, and I think you'd probably back it in. Um, Would you, from from last year, and at least over the last four years? Let's just state. you can probably see from 2019 to 2020, 2021, 22, and now, hopefully, for the remainder of 2023, uh, Tom Liberatore as well. Uh, do you think he's? Do you think he was better last year, for instance, or at least there was good elements of form?
1: I still think. I still think I would take his 2021 form over his 2022 form. I
0: think I'll, I would also agree with that. But I still think that there's still. It's not that he's probably declined. He's, he's probably. Maybe, sorry, refract because it makes sense of what you're saying who's dropped off a bit i don't think his drop off is significant so i still think he's held ground very well and it's not like in a stagnant sense i still think he's got elements of his game that have improved but he's obviously getting on
1: yeah yeah it's yeah it's not it's not that there's an expectation that liberatory improves from you know age 31 to 32 or however all the years there's a point where you stop improving it's 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 less about those that are 30 plus and more about those that still have supposedly their prime years ahead of them. Another question that I'd want to ask is how many of the 22 on Saturday night would get into Melbourne's Mm -hmm. team?
0: Off the back of the performance that was displayed or just just in general? Let's
1: just go generally. So Trelaw, maybe I would say. Eugel Hagen, maybe.
0: I don't think so personally. Trelaw, I'd say would. I think he definitely would. Norton would because Melbourne's... Key forward stocks aren't exactly amazing.
1: Well, um, Haley, yes. Bailey Smith, I don't know. Debatable. Don't know. Debatable. Rory Lobb, definitely not. Uh, not
0: now that Grundy's there.
1: Sam Darcy but, wouldn't.
0: No, not for him, but he wouldn't at this point. McCrae, do you reckon...
1: McCrae might.
0: Do you reckon Ed Richards would, considering their halfbacks? Because East Salem wasn't there. I do think Ed would probably be a be a chance to make it he into might. the D
1: side. He might. Norton probably would. But the but the thing is there's a lot of players who wouldn't. There's a lot of players who wouldn't. Bruce wouldn't. Don't not think. now anyways. No, no. I, no Bruce wouldn't. I don't think well Hannon definitely wouldn't, Johannesson definitely wouldn't, English definitely wouldn't. Keith wouldn't Scott
0: is an honest footballer and we lot we're actually big fans of of Anthony Scottier, But, again, we probably think that he's not going to make that particular team. But Williams, he's, it's not fair to him, I reckon, in that sense.
1: Williams wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Baker wouldn't. We know that.
0: What about Bailey Dale? Yeah, we weren't... Yeah, he wasn't, he we wasn't were a bit correct. disappointed with his he, game, weren't he, we? He's
1: another one whose 2021 is better than anything he's produced in the last 12 months, I would think. And that's that's the thing. You need to you need to constantly improve, and we haven't done that in the last twelve months.
0: We've even done that probably in the last eighteen months, I reckon. Yeah, because it, it goes back to the twenty twenty one off season as well.
1: Do you think the dogs made the right call extending beverages contract in November? And this is not this is not a this is not a, should they have signed on beverage. Do you, do you think they made the right call to do it in November?
0: I can understand the logic because it is to prevent you know such an inquisition or such a
1: the willy um, say a media storm
0: yes that that pretty much that type of discussion and and it makes it tricky too because then you know the the club gets a bit nervous or the coach gets nervous and it puts out the feelers for other you know clubs to start having a crack at him or or vice versa so i can understand the logic of why it was november and i'm not against that but the question is oh it's tricky already now, for instance, because we knew he had a deal for
1: 2023. Yeah, so it's, it's not two you, years, it's, it's three no. years now.
0: Yeah. If if he didn't have a deal for 2023, let's say he was out of contract last year, would he have been extended if he was out of contract in 2022? Do you reckon he would have been extended?
1: Oh, I still think so, yes. I mean, cl- clearly, the the. the Got enough faith in him to extend him not just beyond this year, but for a couple of years ahead. So I think if he was out of contract, they still would have looked to you know, assuming he wanted to stay, that he they would have looked to extend his contract. Uh-huh. It was it was a bad year last year. He hasn't had many of them. So I, if we're going to look back at that, I, I understand you know, grand final coach twelve months earlier. So I understand a, a whole lot of the reasons why, but I, I just feel like. In, in hindsight, that the grand final in 2021 was the beginning of the end. It was either that or, or round one the following season. I, I think something has happened in between that those two games.
0: I'll go closer to round one last year I think there was some probably dis- disconnect I mean in the we early know, we know we
1: know we know the blow-up that, that he had with Tom Morris at, at the time and I think that's only a, a window into the bigger picture. I think there's a there's a I mean and I, I don't know anything but generally you what what you see on the surface is a small sample size of what's actually going on. And I don't know about you, and maybe I don't think I really mentioned this last year, but I've certainly, upon reflection, I've noticed it a bit more. One of the great things that I felt from the moment Luke Beveridge walked through the door, and I'm talking from you know his first game when we beat West Coast to Marvel all those years ago, I felt a real strong connection with the playing group and the coach. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I can't really describe it, but I felt I could feel like I connected with them there was on an, a personal level yeah,
0: there was an extension within
1: and i didn't feel like. that last year i felt like something was missing like there was a there was a disconnect between the fans and and the players in the club that unity which yeah. was
0: very much there was the, the, the cohesiveness that was apparent in the club in it's two respective well, probably let's go three respective seasons actually because that cohesion was there in 15 it was there in 16 it was there in 21 and it probably, I'll, I'll probably reckon it. Arguably, was there in twenty nineteen to an extent. Yeah, yeah no, it I just was, wasn't, just wasn't as consistent. But it was there. It just was, you know, sparks and whatnot. I reckon.
1: Yeah, but I and and I think it was there for other years, even when we didn't do so well and then maybe we didn't make finals. I still felt like there was a there was a bit of a connection there. But this one, this it, it, last year, felt very different. It felt like that had gone, and it. it didn't look like it, it come back at all on on Saturday night. Like no. I'm I'm am re- I'm, I'm I'm really worried now because the, the and, a, a, and it's just and I was I was very much against the idea of extending Beveridge's contract in November. I, I said it at the time. I still maintain which
0: it. I which I do agree. That is it is a good point. Seriously though, I know the reasons why they did it, but yeah. I do agree with what you're coming from. I, it, I, it, it yeah. is a bit. It was a bit soon in that I, context. Yeah,
1: I understand it as as well, for, for the reasons that, that you said, because it removes that distraction from the table entirely. That like We don't have to worry about it. But what but what the risk with that is, is if things don't pick up, suddenly you're tied to the guy for another three seasons.
0: Yes, it becomes a little albatross around the neck or whatever it is, doesn't it? Some yeah. Some bit of baggage.
1: Like, if, if, if we go out and we beat Melbourne round one and, you know, we go on a real... Hot run to start the season. It looks like a good move, but the risk isn't that, that doesn't happen. And well, I mean, you, you saw Saturday night. I can I think the I think the last game I I saw us play that was that bad, where I just felt like all hope had been lost for the for the year. And, and again, I know it's only round one, and I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this a few more times before this episode is done. But it was that bad that it feels like reacting. In such an over-the-top manner is justified, but I think the last time I remember us playing that badly was round one, two thousand and eighteen.
0: Oh god, that's that, another thing. That's that something you should probably that, touch that, on.
1: That felt like that day felt like the season was over. That afternoon, like it was. I mean, not only did we just get smacked by the Giants, but we lost Liberatore for the season, and it just felt like that was it. Because when I mean, we lost, we lost because we lost. the like finals in twenty seventeen with the, the Premiership hangover. And then round one, 2018, we're going, well, is last year a blip? Or is it, and, and are we going to get back to, to 2016 this year? Or is this going to be the year where, it, or are we just going to fall further down? And, it's, and you can draw parallels to this year as well. It was last year in 2022, was that a blip? Or, and, and we're going to bounce back this year, or are we going to fall further? Well, it, it's again felt like the latter. Much like 2018, it, it felt like we could fall further. And falling any further will mean missing out on finals this year. Hmm. And I think when you've, built a, when you've built a list that's set up for something for a premiership to miss out on finals is a disaster. It's not just a shame; it it's is. a disaster.
0: It is one hundred percent. Do you reckon? So let's have let's just recite quickly: twenty fifteen round one win, twenty sixteen round one win, twenty seventeen round one win, eighteen. Loss, 19, win, 20, loss, 21, win, 22. Uh, I've yes. gone blank. Could we play? Uh, lost, and then, of course, 23, loss. Yes. So it's not, it seems like it's a very different looking pattern now. It's not predictable, but you can clearly see the difference in the early stages where we were able to get ourselves very much up for at least round one in that yeah. context, and there was a bit of energy which didn't feel manufactured in that sense and that probably goes back to where you were saying that connection i guess to probably in the last few years where it's no doubt sort of tap tape off a bit hasn't it
1: yeah uh, no no doubt and uh, and i think this the, the beverage outburst and I, I again i don't know this for sure but it, it feels like it, it feels like he's lost the players a bit and i know that sounds like a big call but it it feels a bit like that and I think when you lose that, you can't get it back. Mm. Beverage, reckon... Beverage has always been, so. Beverage has always been a, a much better motivator, I think, than he has been a coach. Yes, and a tactician as well. But his motivating is what sets him apart. That's the difference. Mm. And and I feel like he's lost that with this group.
0: The ability to sell a story, yeah. to paint that particular picture. Mm. Yeah.
1: And Uh, maybe maybe you can you can you can use that to mask tactical deficiencies, but you need to have it to be able to do that. And uh, and I don't think he's I don't think he's got that at the moment. Mm.
0: Question: Go again with those particular round one matches. Twenty fifteen, no expectations. Twenty sixteen, a little bit of expectations, but not you know in terms of contention. They were just wondering what can these guys do. Seventeen, yes we. You know, at least early on, Definitely we were able the storm. Definitely expectations. Twenty eighteen was a bit about redemption, and we were wondering whether we'd come back.
1: Yeah, that was, was, was twenty eighteen was a mystery, and we twenty eighteen was we were going to find
0: out. Uh, uh, who knows? That was a disaster, but I strangely found that year quite enjoyable. I don't know why. But twenty nineteen again, that was about who are these guys? What are they actually really capable of?
1: Yeah, and
0: we got to see that most weeks. It we just didn't get the results that we thought we were capable of. So, which is why, in my view, twenty nineteen goes down in comparison to the other seasons, more of a wasted season than, say, last year in that sense. Because 2019, I thought the expectations were actually, you know, seeing us as a good side that we should have been able to be capable of achieving more. 2020, there was a lot of expectation on us. 2021, again, we're all wondering what on earth is going to happen. 2022, the expectation was these guys should at least, you know, look again to redeem themselves. That fell flat pretty quickly. Mm. And 2023, again, the discussion is, well, these guys you know they've brought in a couple of key footballers you know they've lost a few blokes but structurally they're ready to you know ready to go and you and i have been wondering look we should be pushing again but the substance and results in the past have you know said otherwise in that sense yeah it's just it's a team that really at this moment in time doesn't really know how to to get itself up for certain things like dealing with these expectations. And we noticed they didn't do that very well post-16 anyhow, didn't they?
1: No. And that's a good point that you make as well, because generally what you can tell, or generally with, with clubs, you can tell, I in the first month of the season whether they're a legitimate chance of winning a flag. You can tell after round four. We've got St Kilda who are coming off a win. I'm terrified by that. And then we've got Brisbane at home, and we've got Richmond at the MCG. I, and we mm. could, I mean, we could be zero on four because could I know be. St. Ki- I know St. Kilda aren't expected to do very well this season, but generally, Ross Lines got a very good record against the Bulldogs. Like Fifteen four and one. Yeah, when he was coaching St. Kilda and Fremantle, that's his that's his record against the Dogs. So he's generally very good against us. Brisbane, a lot of people expect they're going to be flag contenders, and Richmond always beat us in the MCG. And, then and those are the two
0: games that we need to win to, to after, prove ourselves against credentialed opponents.
1: After that, it's Port Adelaide in Adelaide, who were very impressive against Brisbane, and it's a Fremantle in, in Perth. Who have we got what after that, actually? Hawthorne.
0: Okay, so... Oh, well. Well, if things don't go the way we hope, that's a long way to wait for a win. Whereas, you know, you and I were saying before, you know, around one encounter, we were all thinking, look, what... Is the minimum we'd accept to be or what well, you know what's the worst case scenario we were thinking worst case scenario considering our expectations and what we thought we we're capable of three and three we were more likely thinking we should be at least approaching a four and two and we'd be pretty happy with a five and one
1: i did say if we're going to try and put a positive on it i did say heading into this that the melbourne one was a 50 50 but that it we was would, but that we would beat st kilda brisbane richmond and Port adelaide and we'd lose to Fremantle, so that's what I said. So we'd be four and two at worst, or five and one by the end of round six. So let—I well, mean, as bad as the game was, we're still on track with that. That was sort of our—that was our safety net, the the Melbourne one, I suppose. But the performance was awful. It was it was awful. And and given those two stats, I read out at the start, given that we've spent so much of the summer working on those two things don't uh, know it clearly hasn't hasn't come to fruition whatever they've been planning has not worked and it was basic skill errors as well the other thing was there's no still no plan B so we started poorly but we got on top feels like a theme against Melbourne started poorly but we got on top we worked our way back into it in the second quarter but then Melbourne got on top again Melbourne changed things and they got themselves back into the game but that was it that 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 was it from there. Once they got on top again, we had nothing. There was no, there was no change. There was no switch. There was no Plan B to turn to to try and switch things.
0: Or around. people can say if that Plan Plan B or Plan C and D yeah. just weren't that effective. People that doesn't mean say, we don't know what's going on. But people yeah.
1: can say that oh things changed once Liam Jones went down. Well, if it takes a thirty-two one thirty-two year old going down to change everything, then that's a concern. It should take a lot more than that for things to totally flip on their head. What did you yeah. make? What did you make of the four talls? Because that was clearly the big thing with the Bulldogs heading into this season—that they've got Norton, Rory Law, Jamari Hagen, and Sam Darcy in the, in the forward line, and they're going to go with that. What did you make of the first official outing? of
0: Not just by the Melbourne defence, but by the Bulldogs' midfield as well.
1: Lever took, was it eight or nine marks? He
0: also got the nine coaches' votes, as well as uh, Kasai Pickett. So I assume Beveridge would have given uh, Lever the five, I reckon, in that sense.
1: And this is another example of it being the same old story. When will they fix this?
0: I think I think we hopefully get that contract, didn't we? When we yeah. left Adelaide, effectively. I,
1: I think <laughs> if, I think if you if it's been, it's been an issue for years, years, not 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 the last year, years. And there's clearly something fundamentally wrong in the way they're approaching combating this. If they still can't fix it, and I don't I don't think it's something that Beveridge can fix. I don't think it'll be something that can be fixed until a new coach with a new idea comes in. Now, does that does that necessarily mean that we need to sack Luke Beveridge or that he needs to go? I'm not, I'm not sure. But I it's frustrating because this this will be this will be part of Beveridge's coaching legacy, I suppose. That pressing issues can't be fixed. No, that's that's the concern.
0: And it's not like people say, you know, they will mention it's round 1, sure. Okay? Yes, that's stays in the obvious there. But as you've alluded to, then these issues have been there for years. Yeah, that's a fair bit of time. It's not like, you know, people saying, you know, even the the discussion with Bont saying we've got to be able to integrate these uh, four tools to to build their chemistry. Well, you look, we we haven't had four tools, you know, for a long period of time, to be fair. okay. but in that context, they've had several years to be able to find a particular process. That is consistent and not always constantly being changed and swapped around where no one knows what's going to happen. You know, you at least know that there's an element. The only element of predictability is the fact that we're absolutely confused with what's going to be happening each week with us. And that's not something that should be very predictable, isn't it? No. At all.
1: And, 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 I, and I think the fact that Lever was able to take all those marks despite the fact that we had... Four more tall forward school. options than we've ever had before, and we still kept kicking it to him. Yes, that's I mean, another thing, too. How many intercept he.
0: possessions he had, I wonder?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. Those, I'll, look, those exactly I'll have the
0: squiz. I'll have a squiz. I will have the squeeze.
1: But i just could not believe the amount of times we kicked it to to, to Lever. Like, I don't know. How, how many more tall forwards do we want to have before this sort of thing stops happening?
0: It still won't allow us to... I, I mentioned in the early, uh, probably last week's episode, I reckon, that because of this four tall forward line you you should see particular more aggressive ball movements and i don't oh, think we saw no. that at all we kept no. seeing no. we kept seeing us being we kept seeing us playing wide we kept seeing us go to the pockets you've got four tools for christ's sake that means that means yes it doesn't mean always bomb it in but it means hello you can you find the hot spot day. you're allowed yeah. to you're allowed to kick it you know 20 meters out in front of goal not to the pockets. you shouldn't be needing to be fearful of the ball being rebounded out of your backline, if you as ha- out of your forward line, if you happen to have the appropriate smalls there, that, wasn't, that, that was that was probably a concern too as well.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, probably that if they didn't mark it in the hot spot, it, it could have come out easily. But that was when Beveridge started coaching. That was that was totally foreign. We'd get the ball, we'd kick it to the hot spot. Maybe we didn't have the tools. I mean, we had a we had Tom Boyd and we had Jack Redpath alternating at times in that forward line, but they would kick it to the hot spot. They'd kick it to where the opposition don't want you to put the ball.
0: They give it to a place where you're more likely to score. Whether you do is another question, yeah. but it gives you the greatest chance of success.
1: Because the opposition want opposition defenders want nothing more than for you to kick the ball to the pockets, because it's easier to defend. And even if you do get a shot, it's a low percentage one. Yep. Exactly. Speaking, no, speaking exactly. Of, speaking of delivery, can you get your thoughts on this? Because I know a couple of people have asked this question. As well, what did you think of Caleb Daniel's game? Down back.
0: Uh, there were some shockers there, wasn't it? Unfortunately, from from Daniel in that sense, which is not something we've are accustomed to seeing from him, but it does seem like his impact in matches is starting to, you know, reduce in that sense. And we saw him, of course, where he started his career off in, in 2015 and 2016 and portions of 2017, where there was a, a profound impact or to build, uh, the ability to actually make an impact on matches. And then it started to taper away in the back half of 17 and across 2018 before again, um, you know, Beveridge is able to spin the magnets and find it a nice little spot for Daniel at the back half. And again, Daniel was able to succeed in that role. With what we can see here, we know that he's still a very good kick off the football. Unfortunately, it wasn't in full display on the Saturday night. I'm just still wondering why is he the one that's taking the kickouts if he hasn't got, say, you know, the most amount of kicking penetration to get the ball away from that defensive 50 as it is, because it seems like a lot of the time clubs tend to give him the easy option or give our backs the easy options of playing and passing the ball to the back pocket 15, 20 metres out from the goals. Again, hemming us into one perspective and then they would shield the corridor and force us down the line where we would proceed to turn it over and then they would cut it back in. I'm still trying to wonder why we're not playing Dale or Richards as the main, you know, designated kick out in that sense. Because they can run the ball 10-15, put the ball 40-50, to 50, and the ball is already at least in that defensive half of the ground instead of the defensive 50. And it gives us at least a chance to be able to set up and, and play properly in that sense. Were you and I disappointed with Daniel's game on the weekend? You bet we both were, weren't we? We were very... Undersold and understated with how poor he actually executed yeah. oh. a lot of his passes. I thought he under was, pressure.
1: I thought he was poor. He had 29 disposals, 17 kicks, seven rebounds. Think he had five clangers. I thought he was poor. And a, and a, it's not just sometimes with the execution missing the, the targets, but the decision making. So we know Daniel for being that sort of player who can who can squeeze out those dinky little 15, 20 meter chips. That's got no problem with him when he's doing that 60 metres out from goal and finding a target inside 50. But when he's got the ball 35 metres out from the back line and chipping it to centre-half back with a really risky kick, not only... It's doing two things that hinder the Bulldogs. Firstly, it's... Well, I mean, it's it's benefiting Melbourne as well. So the first thing that it does is it holds up the play. So it allows... Melbourne more time to set up with the ball still in our back line and it would be, I suppose it wouldn't be too bad if, you know, he was pulling off these risky kicks and then it would open things up and, and you know as you say, it would allow us to be more aggressive with the ball, but it didn't do that anyway Like it would No, kick, because we it would don't kick,
0: to play that way, don't it,
1: we? It'd kick it 15 metres to a guy who was standing still at centre-half back, he'd mark it and then he'd go back on the mark and, and he'd still be sitting, standing around trying to find out, well, what do I do next? There's no oh, I can play on and run forward here it, 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 his kicks didn't open up the play, so they were high risk and low reward. And then the ones yeah. that didn't come off resulted in opposition turnover. Look at Melbourne, by contrast. When they'd get the kick in, the kicks would go 40, 50 metres. They'd find a target. That target would turn and kick it again. So it, Un- within within two yeah. kicks, it's already on the wing. Whereas Daniel's-
0: Unforced turnovers by players. Three was the lead for us in Daniel. Baker, two. English, two. McRae, two.
1: He'd run 30 metres, he'd bounce the ball twice, he'd pull off a 15-metre kick, and we'd still have the ball on the back line. And Melbourne would be fully set up. But they moved it quickly from the kick in Melbourne, and they kick it long, so we don't have time to set up. So it gives them the opportunity to move the ball quickly. But we were slow, ponderous, getting the ball out of the defensive 50, and just made it too easy for Melbourne to pick us off.
0: Indecisive.
1: I would. You I would never, take Daniel.
0: Doubt that, did you?
1: No, I would take Daniel out of the back line, and I'd move him in on wing, such a sort of half forward thing. And maybe you could tell me, oh, he's a bit undersized to be playing as a, as a forward. But if they're the sort of kicks that he's going to be pulling off, I'd much rather him do that at half forward rather than half back, because at least with half forward, he kicks at fifteen meters. We get a mark inside fifty. We get a chance to score.
0: Get a chance to kick a point.
1: But if he does that at it at half up. back, it doesn't. It doesn't open up the play he pulled off some really good kicks when he kicked it long but his preference is to kick it short mm. but yeah no I, I thought But and and look it's it, daniel wasn't wasn't the only one that sort of forced us to play slow but when you've got four tools down there get it in there what are they yeah. waiting for exactly and
0: that And that doesn't mean simply just bomb it in too as well because that seems to be the the agony when they did it was for the pockets anyways.
1: We can do that now because we've got the options down there, but you kick it to your teammate, like at least give them a chance. But these short kicks along the back line, and my dad is is huge on this, and maybe he's just a bit more of a footy traditionalist, but short kicks in the back line never, ever work out. Always leads to trouble. There's There's nothing to be gained from a short kick in the back line. And he's chipping it 15 metres to whoever it's in half back. Who's standing still, by the way, not on the move. He's asking for trouble. And and I think he'd be better off just kicking it 50 metres on the wing to a contest.
0: And hence Dale and Richards in that sense.
1: Hmm. Is there anyone, and I was trying to formulate a list as well, is there anyone from round one who's on your never again list? I think we've got, I mean, super coaches have a, a bit of a never again list. They pick a player, they get burnt by them. Shea Bolton is on my never again list in Supercoach, for example. You'll get one score of 150, and then you'll get seven weeks of something in the 60s or 70s.
0: Toby anyone, Green was one of mine in that. He was in my uh, never again, but uh, anyone it's from, just the fact money
1: for suspension. Anyone from Saturday night on your never again list from a selection point of view? Because i, I got two names that I, I think I'm just about, just about done. With.
0: Ready to cross a line for. Yeah. And one of those player, or both those players, that's who you're alluding to there, were offered contracts last year. Mm-hmm. One for puzzling reasons and another one for, well, maybe reward for loyalty, but we probably needed a bit more than that. I reckon it should have been the other way around.
1: Yeah, so the, the two are Mitch Hannon and, and Jason Johannesson. Unless, mm-hmm. with JJ, unless you're going to play him on the halfback line. Otherwise, don't bother. I think the other the suggestion that you made was either as a tactical sub as well. Okay, I can get behind that.
0: Yep, I can get. I can stick with that, you know. Half an least, hour's worth of JJ is a good way to
1: probably go about it. And at least Janison in the back line will kick it long as well. That's he true. he try Again, dinky little passes. Yeah.
0: 10, think, 15 metres dash and then, you know, 40, yeah, then, 50 metres
1: yeah. kick. That, that That's when he always played his best football. This experiment is a small forward. I know he kicked the goal. It was a decent goal. But it hasn't worked. He doesn't impact the game enough as a small forward, either by actually getting his hands on the footy, hitting the scoreboard, or applying pressure.
0: Dare I say...
1: And Mitch Hannon... That, I mean
0: Who else was there? There was Lachlan McNeil and Riley West, and I'm pretty sure Riley Garcia. If you were to look at the average tackles inside 50 per game last year, they were actually our leading contenders in that statistic. And yet none of them are there to be seen, and Hannon, not because of Hannon, but look, and is actually one of our lowest in terms of that statistical category. Like 1.2 tackles inside 50 per game. And mm-hmm. I think to be fair, I think Scott's as well but Scott's not exactly played as a pure small forward.
1: Not anymore. I didn't s I barely saw Hannon. I know people talk about Lobb, I barely saw Mitch Hannon on Saturday night.
0: I saw I just kept seeing the ball get kicked over Lob's head.
1: Well, that's, that's another one. So he won't play against St. Kilda next week. He's been booked in for minor ankle surgery, which is great. So not only have we lost huh. our brand-new full forward, we've lost our brand-new full back as well, Liam Jones. Uh, Liam Jones may well play. cop a, a knock to the next. Scans have cleared him of anything serious, but he'll be monitored throughout the week. But uh, lob will miss a period of time. It's not been specified yet. Uh, in Got some other... TVC. Injuries- Yes, TBC and some other news. Uh, Arthur Jones, Ryan Gardner and Tim O'Brien, according to the club's website, are both one to two weeks away. Cody Waitman, as a timeline, three to five weeks. Latham Vandermeer is four to five weeks, as is Rourke Smith. Dominic Bedendo has been upgraded from TBC to indefinite. is fantastic.
0: Oh, that is not a good start. What have we got now? Seven, eight blokes on the injury list at this point in time, I reckon
1: think that's probably more
0: nine now is it wonderful very close to double digits and only round one only round one and if we want to say there's only 22 rounds to go
1: yes now, now there's only 22 rounds to to go um yeah look i again i know it's only round one but it was that bad that i fear for how how much worse it could get this season
0: yeah, it's one of those uh, line in the sand type games this week for us where they need to show something. And I don't care if it's the fact that it's, you know, it's round two only or people say, you know, you've got time still in the season. That's not the point. So you've had six months or whatever it is to plan for it and say, you know, you shouldn't be wanting to, to wait that out. Because by then, the season's it's still early on, but it already puts you well and truly on the back foot and you need to make up a lot of ground. And the only, how many years have we actually got off to a fast start? Under beverage.
1: 15 16, 17, 16, we won our first two games. 17, 19, and 2021. 20, mm-hmm. So we've done it, what's that, five times. Mm-hmm. Interesting. This is his ninth season now. Mm. But how many
0: in recent years is the question as well.
1: 2021 is the only one. Mm-hmm. 2020 and 2022, we lost our first two, won our third. Mm-hmm.
0: And 2019, our slow start of two and four
1: almost cost us making the eight. Yeah. It was a fast and start and our, a slow start. Yeah. And we
0: burnt all of our tickets just getting there, and then we ran out of juice at the end.
1: Yeah. But look, even this week against St. Kilda, for me, if, if we win, nothing changes.
0: No, I agree. I agree with but if
1: But lo- there's nothing agree to agree from this week. If we beat St. Kilda, it's, oh, we beat St. Kilda. But there's still that, well, we can't do it against the contenders. Because the next time we come up against a contender, the default will be the, the performance we saw against Melbourne. That's now the, that's now the standard that we we expect when we play premiership contenders. That they're going to play they're going to play like that.
0: I've got a concern here too, Matt. and that's a very 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 good point. You factor it in this week. So we played uh, we played Melbourne last week. Yep. Brisbane plays Melbourne this week, and then Brisbane plays us the week after. They themselves could be potentially say zero and two as well as us, but. And both sides obviously copped it a bit, you know, in this sense where you can mention, you know, one side got destroyed by Court Adelaide and we got destroyed by the Dees, okay? Very different circumstances. Brisbane's got their own respective troubles of, can they play away from the Gabba? And for us, it's, will we actually ever take it up to the big teams again? It'll be a very, very interesting match in round three under the roof here, especially with the, you know, the Dunkley saga and to see which side actually is able to live it up because that's probably going to be the night where um, I reckon effectively in terms of the flag contention. I mean, if we lose this week, I'm already happy to unfortunately put us out of the race to an extent because it's good sides. Flag teams don't lose these games. They don't lose these games. and The the fact that we're a bit hesitant about this Saturday night already speaks volume about what on earth is going on. It's only been two weeks.
1: Yeah. The the idea...
0: Round one and all these
1: things. i go back to the the interview that Luke Beveridge did with Mark... Mark uh, his name Robinson. Robinson, that's the one. Mark Robinson, last year after signing that, that two-year deal. And I, and I said to you, Nick, it all sounds great, but until I see something on field, it, it's just words. And I haven't seen anything on field yet. Oh,
0: to be fair, about, we didn't about, see much. About
1: learning, about learning lessons and, and being better and, and changing things. And we're going to... Remember, we had a... a remember. Well, didn't we have a? Was it reported we had a brand new defensive system that we were going to bring in this whiz bang new game plan that was going to make sure we never conceded again? It's got off to a great start. Indeed. Looking forward to, to seeing when they roll that one out and, and ditch this 2022 rubbish that we've had to put up with. Let's go to some questions now. Now, I've got to put a disclaimer there are so many questions that we are, aren't possibly going to be able to get through all of them. Uh, we'll try to get through as many as we can. Uh, we're going to start with mitch who's a regular mitch win and and thank you to everyone as well it's a a good segue who joined us post game on saturday for salty bulldog tv the first episode is up on youtube if you want to check that out Uh, so yeah just have a look there, salty bulldog tv that'd be great to for people to join us throughout the year as i say we won't be able to do it every week we should be doing it on saturday night though against the saints so join us then we'll uh, keep you posted with details on that anyway mitch asks does it really matter with our defensive personnel or does it really matter who our defensive personnel are if the underlying tactics are no good in the first place? The kamikaze high line getting, getting caught out of the back happened too many times. Skills can improve. Can our tactics improve?
0: That's a very, very good question. It's it a, is, actually. It's a fantastic point that's been raised. Seriously. It's like no matter how many times you could... What's that saying? You can't... You can't... Uh, make a horse drink water, you know, even if you lead you it can, to the, to you the lake lead, You, you know lead, what I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> you, you. Can, you, yeah, you. know what I'm trying to say. Water. I suck at these things. What's the <laughs> you saying? You can lead a horse to water when you can't make it drink. Can't take it.
0: Yeah, so that's the thing. It's a bit interesting with us. You could have all these particular like, personnel in place and whatnot. And we could we could have, we could have, have the
1: All-Australian back six from last year. Yeah. But the thing is, if it's, if it's not the right play system. A different way. Yeah, if it's not the right system and it doesn't work. It doesn't matter who it is. My system no, is so important. No, it doesn't.
0: It is, but we had the we had a system as well. I think we're still probably trying to play a system, and this is where everyone talks about, you know, plans being outdated and whatnot. I think we're still trying to play a system with the personnel that's actually not able to execute this particular system because it's just not who these players are. We're clear; it's clear to see, unfortunately, with this group that they aren't exactly one that's ready for a massive scrap anymore in this sense. You compare the, some of the players, and like we still like, we still rate a lot of the footballers on this side because they're still very much capable of doing good. But it's it's not a lot of toughness. And I'm not just talking, you know, just for liver, but I'm saying the ones that have actually had to genuinely, you know, fight their way to survive in this competition. The likes of Dale Morris, the likes of Matthew Boyd, the likes of... Clay if the likes of Liam Picken, these are very different footballs, of course, okay, and it's hard to compare in that sense, but you know what you're going to get from them, and that is definitely uncompromising football, whereas for us, with this current side, it is a very, very good side when the wheels are in motion. The second the handbrake is applied, the car crashes and it flips into a tree.
1: Well, I mean, there is that's what we saw in the second quarter.
0: Yes, but that's the thing, and it's a basic handbrake. The thing is, why is it, it's like as if we're we're giving, we're not giving up in that sense, but it just seems like they're not giving a yelp, though, to an extent. Hmm. Or even when they do, it's just nothing much, you know, it's it's easily pushed aside to an extent. Because I don't think Melbourne did anything outstanding, personally. They played very good football, but I don't think they did anything out of this world, you know. What I did see was on on Saturday night was a very, very well-drilled side that, absolutely took the mickey out of a team that is indecisive and unsure with the way that it wants to play its football.
1: Linds asks, the the miserable performance aside, how do we feel about Bruce as a defender? I think he's playing
0: four this week. I think he's playing four this week against the Saints. I I
1: much prefer that. not, not, not Not from minute one have I been sold on this idea. It wasn't I that
0: bad. That it wasn't that bad, actually, on the Saturday night.
1: You might say he still conceded five goals to Ben Brown.
0: Yes, yeah, so I don't know who was actually was Ben Brown's direct actual opponent because none of us tend to play that way. I have no idea if it was Keith or Bruce or who else was our third. Uh, Jones for half half a game.
1: Hmm. Well, if 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 uh, Bruce is going to play forward this week, we would have to assume that. Or well, hope, at least, that Jones will be fit to play. Because after that, mm-hmm. it's Keith.
0: Which means Darcy could go down back.
1: Oh, no, that's right. We, we've got to, Oh No, we can call on Lewis Young. Oh, wait, no, we can't. Because we got rid of him. Because we didn't want to persist with him. Because we preferred to play someone whose ceiling we were already well aware of. Who so is now no much, longer here with us. Whose, whose ceiling was much lower than Young's to begin with. And he's gone as well now anyway. Oh, I didn't want to go on a rant about that. But I mean, I. I oh.
0: And the funny thing is, Young got given a three year extension yeah, last yeah. week, yeah, too.
1: Wonder, wonder why. So, Lewis Young can get a game for, for, for Carlton, and get a three year contract extension. Uh, Patrick Lipinski played every game in a, in a side that managed to make the preliminary final, but he, he couldn't possibly find uh, uh, room for, for a spot in our team who can barely make finals. And then we saw Fergus Green, the gig a goal for Hawthorne, who could barely gig a goal all day. But we got to him because you know Mitch Han can play the half back line. No, oh, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go on down that path. But oh, watching, we will watching, need
0: to have a. Uh, we we'll need to have an uncut version, I reckon. You and I just just for us to blow some steam. I think watching That's, young uh, we and green, sort of civilized green,
1: Watching young and green play on the weekend was so frustrating.
0: Young especially. Young especially because it's a position of need that once again, the funny thing is we're going to need to you know, get a player in that role in two years' time.
1: Yeah, and in, in, yeah, and because we've just, yeah, we could have Young for 10 years, but instead we got rid of him so we could get Jones for two years.
0: Yep, and it's nothing, for, it's nothing against Jones. No, Jones it's, fantastic. no, I mean, no I mean, it's It's, it's the that. idea of where on earth is the Blinken planning because, you know, Cape's not exactly been a, a fresh spring chicken for a little while too. So it's, it's just really poor in that sense. And you and I discussed it on the Saturday night putting all the eggs into Timmy English baskets and oh
1: gee can, can, I, can I just say something about Tim English what oh. do people thought he was great um, I, he got, I just, what
0: did he get 134 supercoach coach and yeah. you and I were thinking what on earth
1: yeah I, I I mean I, I know I, I know my opinions on on English uh, I wouldn't say unpopular but then they're, they're not I wouldn't say they're well represented like well, I'm, in universal. Min- I'm, <laughs> I'm in universal the my, means, but... I'm in the minority when it comes to, to my thoughts on Tim English. Now, you know what? your ma- makes Ruckman like Max Gorn, Brody Grundy, Dean Cox, of, of this of this sort of generation, this century. New makes them great. They're able to move around and win high possession numbers in the midfield and move like a midfielder, in addition to being a successful tap ruckman, not as a substitute for. English can take marks, and he can he can you know win a lot of the ball and move like a midfielder, and that's great. But his primary responsibility should be to throw his weight around like a ruckman does, and he doesn't do it. All that other stuff for me is irrelevant if you can't do your your your, your proper job. It's a bit like the equivalent of, of of a key forward. What's the point in being the best mark in the competition if you can't kick straight? No, seriously. And, and we know about this with, with Aaron Norton because he has his days where he's not great right in front of goal. What, what's the point in taking the big pack marks if you don't kick the goal afterwards?
0: It's two goals waste, down, it's 98 to go for those two. That's
1: <laughs> uh, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, we'll you've got a long way to, to go on that one. That was that was something else I wanted like I just I just think there were too many times when English jumped at shadows. When he against much smaller opponents, mind you as well. He needs to be hitting them hard. He's not doing it. It's, it's uh, another point for him too. Yeah. How many
0: times do you reckon? Because it's been a while since I've seen this actually from him. How many times do you reckon that a lot of Englishers say contested marks because that's dropped off since he's actually played as a as a you know and I make this quotation marks ruckman. Um, how many contested marks do you reckon he's taken in the forward half of the ground as a leader? Oh, you know to make yeah. his uh, opposite ruckman accountable yeah instead of sitting behind the play protecting you know what i'm saying yeah bringing the attack to them that's what i'm saying it's a simple that. you don't think well corn floats back of course you know at times but it's when he needs to when he has the chance to go forward you sure as bet your bottom dollar Gorn wants to kick goal he wants yeah. to go forward
1: just, whereas
0: yeah. i see english sitting behind the blinking play now middle, you've got that's what that's what other players are there for too you're there to try to expose opposition teams in that sense and if he's that good a runner and that could you know mover in a midfield sense well his mobility should be able to have no issues going to and fro and not just have to wait for the ball to come to it he should be making
1: the play maybe that's the setup because they've got so many tall options down there anyway to begin with. possibly
0: but we only And we've got the mobile there are mobile tools in that sense you know norton is what he is jamara moves pretty well Darcy's probably still got a bit to go but you know we love him and Lobb is trying to fit into the system but it still begs the question you and I discussed it a lot last year you and I would have preferred not for Lobb but we would have preferred to have gotten a primary Ruckman and throw English forward Brandy. in that context and that's not for against Lob because we're, we're happy to back him and see how we go here but yes what we needed was a primary Ruckman and tell English you're playing forward because that is where your Best football for the club has come, not your best football for yourself in that sense. And that's where you and I are frustrated.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I thought the move for Lob over Grundy was a mistake at the time. I mean it's still only round one, but I still think that. Mm. Another one that yeah, and that's that, not that that's I,
0: nothing on Lob at all though.
1: It's another one that that, that came to mind over over the weekend, and I said this to you, was Tom Mitchell. I mean, especially given mm. that that we lost Dunkley, we knew we were going to lose Wallace. Uh-huh. Tom Mitchell so you man, reckon, would have been you would have been handy in another midfield another a extractor
0: player. Yeah, as a salary dump too. I don't. He's still on it. I don't remember actually, effectively, if his contract became null and void or whether he still had another year to run or whether the contract was completely restructured like Hunter's was from us. I don't actually know the answer to that question there, but it's not a bad shout. But the thing is, we need probably another extractor, didn't we?
1: Yeah,
0: it would have been a bargain basement, but. We've been a team. That, it's just ironic, you know. We're a team that had too many midfielders, and then we potentially come in and bring in another midfielder. But again, it's the it's the type of midfielder that we need, you know, in that sense to win the ball. Now, I don't know how, how old Mitchell twenty nine, something like that. Yeah. Mm.
1: I mean, we oh, just take, we've just taken two blokes that are at least that age, if not older. Um, question, yes. Question hmm. from Laurie: Conventional opinion is that coaches improve with experience. Therefore, why or how is it that Beveridge coached better in his first five games in 2015 than he has for the rest of his coaching career, bar the 2016 final series?
0: Again, a very, very fine question there. And a very bewildering answer that I'm sure you and I will be able to provide here, Max. We're still pretty confused at the moment, I reckon.
1: I, I, like I said, I think he's a better motivator than a coach. And I think the motivating was yes. what was, was able to mask that for a few years. But something's happened since that grand final in, in 2021. He's not been able to to be able to uh, to motivate the players as well any longer. Uh, Odyssey and Oracle, is it unreasonable to have lost so much hope for our chances this year? I know it's just one game, but it feels very deflating.
0: Oh, it certainly does.
1: I, I think I think we're in a similar boat to, to that. I think that's sort of what we've been trying to figure out ourselves. TK... Uh, I'm Caleb Daniel. I used to trust you with my life, but ever since that Adelaide game in Ballarat, he just doesn't seem to be the same. Ah, huh.
0: it is a fair point. too.
1: there, there It's a very
0: fair point. There's, there's a few, there's a few players in that defensive fifty, not just Daniel, who have regressed. That's what I was looking for before. Regressed uh, since certain scarring moments as well. Now that doesn't mean they haven't been able to not play good football. But they've been able to play their to their to their best ability, and obviously Daniel was one of the mans, Dale was another, and Williams is another too.
1: Doctor Jason Seuss asks, can you clarify if we're still not manning the mark and doing that zone off stuff that no other club does? If so, I didn't see we... it actually. No, neither. I I, che- I I observed a couple of times. I paid a, well, I'd say I paid attention to the man on the mark a couple of times. Not like yeah you know, out of a handful of times out of the hundred and fifteen uncontested marks I took. I didn't see it happening in either of those instances. Huh. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not doing it, but I didn't see it either, which, you know, is, is better than seeing it. And one final one. Jason Freeston asks, how does West not get a game? Must be hard for him to see JJ play ahead of him and uh, or Oscar Baker will just walk straight in, especially since he's spent so much time in the VFL. The Baker one, Baker's a winger rather than, than West, so I, I can understand that one, but I would have picked West ahead of Jonathan. I, that's one I, cool. think,
0: I think we would have picked West and Garcia ahead of a few players, and okay. possibly as well McNeil. I'm actually happy to see McNeil just plays that crummer. I, like I, Mc,
1: I do like McNeil as well. Like I, I think he's he's sort of the... the he's a, He's sort of the lesser version of, of Scott because they sort of arrive at the same time and they're both, they're both sort of inside mature aged mids. But I do like McNeil. It's that small sort of pressure forward. And he, he's generally generally good for a goal a game, I think he was last year.
0: Mm-hmm. And at least two tackles inside 50 as well. What rad? Yeah. And that's where we got obliterated in. We conceded 60. What did we give up? We gave up 63 tackles on the weekend and 21 of those were inside our defensive 50 and that's why also there was the elements of pressure Why you know daniel and dale and all these other guys went to deliver the ball outside properly but that's still inexcusable how can you not how, how can you be a team that allows that sort of pressure to come in you know not every situation of those 21 tackles would have been in a in a, in a contest it wouldn't have been in a stoppage you know they just seem to be able to just outgun us and outrun us
1: well, Nick, I think we're going to have to leave it there. We could, we could go on all week. trying to.
0: Uh, we got, uh, that's part one of the Inquisition. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next edition.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can get around to that. Of course, I'm sure you all know by now the Salty Bulldog Podcast. Subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. There's Twitter, uh, Instagram. There's our website. There's also the YouTube account, which is back up and running again because this year we're going to introduce Salty Bulldog TV. We interview you after the match. Get your reaction, you the fans. We will be doing it this week against the Saints. We won't be able to do it every week, unfortunately, just with our commitments and such. We'll try to do it as many times as we can, but we'll give you details on where to meet up with us after the game on Saturday night. Dogs and the Saints, where hopefully we square the ledger at one all. But until then, Nick thank you for your time. It'd be great to have you on, as always.
0: Marvelous stuff, Matt. Let's see how we go in you know this saturday saturday night looking forward to it still nonetheless um thanks very much for tuning in everyone
1: i've been matthew donald thank you for your company we look forward to having you join us again next week but until then take care